Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Why don't you high five about five people on the way to your seat? Tell them something happens when I call that name. Woo. Welcome to Sunday morning at the Rock Church. You can be seated for just a moment. Let me again say a great big thank you to everyone for the kind words were given today. Beautiful gestures of kindness, the gifts. I'm overwhelmed this morning by your generosity and your kindness. And, um, I wish I could just put you all together and give you one big hug this morning. But at least let me tell you how much I love you. You mean the world to First Lady and I. And I want to say a great big welcome this morning to all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us today. Would you help me one more time, Rock Church? Let's really make some noise for all of our guests and our visitors that are in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen. So good to have you, those that are streaming with us live online this morning. Grateful for you tuning in. And uh, so good to have you in the house of the Lord it is wonderful to see Brother Ed in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Love him. Wonderful to see Brother and Sister Pope again this morning. How many of you appreciate and love them so very, very much? And uh, that was absolutely hilarious this morning. Doctor, the doctor's Pope. Amen. Good to have them here. And then it's good to have Daryl with us this morning. This is Sister Rachel's son who's with us for the first time today. We're so honored to have you in the house of the Lord, Daryl. And uh, man, he looks just like he fits in right here. He looks like he just fits in here. And so wonderful to have him in the house of the Lord. And to all the rest of our guests and visitors, if you are here for the very first time, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you came into the lobby. And that card is an invitation for you to join us immediately after the service. We have a special room prepared with some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd like to give you as a token of our appreciation for you being with us today. And if, if you'll just go to the red carpet in the lobby after the service, somebody will bring you right to that room and we want to just show you how much we appreciate you today. Amen. And uh, what an incredible, incredible week we have been having around here. Last Sunday, uh, All Nations Sunday, over 600 people were with us last Sunday. I think we ought to give the Lord praise for that. I don't have all of the names with me, but last week we baptized six more people and baptized four more that were filled with the Holy Ghost last week. Our campus in Port-au-Prince. And then last week, over 100 people were in Bible studies. I think we ought to give the Lord some praise for that this morning. And I am so excited about what the Lord is doing. 
And uh, I know we're taking a little bit longer than normal this morning, but we don't do this kind of thing very often. And, uh, but I want to say what a privilege it is to have evangelist Stan and Sister Hopkins in the house of the Lord with us today. Would you help me give great honor to this ministry couple this morning that God has allowed to be with us? And uh, it is so wonderful to have them in the house of the Lord. And they brought a beautiful little angel with them who is almost two years old, and her name is Aria. And we're so glad to have Aria with us this morning. And uh, amen. And um, Brother Hopkins, I was honored to meet him recently, and we were at a meeting together, and I introduced myself to him, and when he said what his name was, it reached all the way back to my childhood, and there was a very unique connection, and uh, I immediately just felt a connection to him, and we began to make plans to stay in touch, and the Lord worked it out for them to be able to come and spend some time with us here. He comes with incredible recommendation and uh, from a powerful legacy of ministry and leadership, and we are just so honored that God would allow them to be here to minister to us today. Amen. Would you stand with me one more time all across this house? And I wonder if there's anybody in this building that came hungry for what the Lord wants to do in this place today. Did you come ready for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost? One more time, would you put your hands together and give God a great praise? Come on. Let's give God a great praise this morning as, as Brother Hopkins comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us today. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. He's in the house this morning. There's no telling. If you know there's nobody like him, would you clap your hands? Let there be a shout that comes forth. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Now this is how you do Sunday morning in Fort Myers, Florida. <laughs> Amen. I give honor to Pastor and Sister Williams. Love them very much. I'm going to keep my preliminaries brief here, but I feel this morning that I am standing on the shoulders of giants and all the good men that have graced. Love Pastor Williams very much. You guys know it. You're blessed. Pastor Williams, God only made one of him. We sure do love him very much. And first lady of first ladies of first ladies of first ladies, Sister Williams, my wife and I give you double honor this morning. Of all of the things that can be said about Pastor and Sister Williams, there is an abiding presence of the Lord that walks with them. And I feel it, and I am very thankful. And I'm happy to have my wife and my baby with me. 
uh, Aria, and this is my wife, Sister Marissa Hopkins. And we're expecting in February our next baby girl. It's amazing. <laughs> and we sure do love them. This has been a unique year for me, 34 years of age. It was at this same age that my father was called to his heavenly reward, leaving behind me as an 11-year-old young man, my sister who is now a missionary in the country of Ethiopia, nine years, eight years of age, and my mother, a widow, 33 years of age. When my father was 17 and a half years old, born and raised in Philadelphia, Somehow he got on the radar of the chair of music at Penn State. My father was raised in such poverty. So the dean of music said, I think, Stan, I'd like you to come and, and just try out for the music program here at Penn State. My father always dreamed of owning a Gibson Les Paul guitar. Couldn't afford one, so peddled and worked and put together what he thought would suit. He took that broken guitar and sat in front of the dean of music that fateful day and began to play. The dean of music said, stop, stop. You've got a full ride. You've got a full ride. I want you to come and live with me, and I'm going to take care of all of the expenses. The same time, there was an Army recruiter who recognized his athletic prowess and said, Stan, I think the best thing for you would be to come join the military. So my father was at a decision point, and he said, I think I'm going to join the U.S. Army. So he joined the Army, and that journey began and led him to Fort Carson there in Colorado Springs, and that's the place where God said, Stan, I want you to join my army. And God miraculously and powerfully filled him with the Holy Ghost there in Colorado Springs. And I stand here today as a 34-year-old young man, the same year that my father passed, and I say, thank you for joining and signing up and saying yes to the Lord. I have a feeling that under the sound of my voice here today, there are some men and women that feel like through unbelievable circumstance you're here. I'm here to tell you it's the hand of God that has brought you to the Rock Church. And I would today that you would make the decision to say yes. Because in your yes, there's a young man that feels the call of God that one day might be a preacher. Before you leave, oh my, the devil's fixing to have a bad time this morning, Pastor Williams. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. We about to hair lip some devils around here. Just make it up in your mind, Jesus, I'm going to say yes. Matter of fact, lift your hands right where you are and say yes. Just say yes to him. My God, my God, my God. Well, I feel the preacher coming on and I feel like having church. Anybody feel like having church here today? Anybody feel like giving God your best? Stepping up and saying, Holy Ghost, fill me. I'm not leaving empty today. I'm going to leave with everything you've given me.
Praise God, praise God. Turning in our Bibles to the very first book in the Bible, Genesis, the 37th chapter. I do not want to be very long this morning, but I feel the burden of the Lord. I want to deliver what he has given me. This house, this said unto him, Joseph, go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out to the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And he asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks and the man. That certain man said, They are departed hence. For I heard them say, Let us go unto Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. The next few minutes here this morning, I want to talk about a certain man. The setting of scripture that we read is the very first mention of this word, a certain man. Not going to be long here this morning, but I do intend on walking with the Holy Ghost. And if you've come without the Spirit of God resting on the inside, I assure you, you don't have to leave that way today. You're in the right house. You are in the right house. Oh, clap your hands one more time. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord bless you. and You may be seated. Joseph is a peculiar man in Scripture. It is often said that he is the Jesus of the Old Testament because he was traded like Jesus was for silver by him, betrayed by his very own brethren. We pick up the story about Jesus Christ and when one day he was moved with compassion and seeing everybody that was gathered, the Scripture says in Matthew 5 that it was a multitude that was gathered. He began to preach his very first sermon. Then he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And about this time, I could see in the crowd that some folks were elbowing one another and saying, oh, yeah, I know about this man, Jesus. In fact, it was Jesus and Joseph that built that beautiful dining table that sits there in my kitchen. Jesus not uh, being swayed by what he saw, the familiarity of the place that he grew up began to keep preaching. And he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When he got to this point in his message, I can see that some arms were being folded, some eyebrows were beginning to be lifted because he was no longer talking about blessing in the manner that everybody was familiar with. And the message got a little heavier. And he said, blessed are those that are going to be persecuted for my name's sake. 
And I can see as one looked to another and said, there is no way that I want to be persecuted for this little carpenter because nobody really understood the, the magnitude of the, the, the message that Jesus was bringing. And so everybody kind of raised their eyebrows and, and stood back and began to really listen to what it was that Jesus was saying. Would smite you on the right cheek. No, we're not doing it the old way of, uh, of you know, uh, you just go ahead and take an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But he says you better put your arms down. You better change your attitude and you offer them the other also. And if any man is going to take you to court and say I want your coat, you don't, don't, don't respond. You just Give them your cloak also. And then it got down to the brass tacks. And he said, I'm going to tell you, this is how you got to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It's not about me anymore. But Lord, let your will, your will, your will, your will be done. And the way I feel in this revival for the next couple of weeks, oh, I feel my help coming on. It doesn't matter what comes our way, but before this revival closes and, and I pack my car and go down the road, Lord, let your will be done here at Fort Myers. If you want to Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, do it here. If you want to deliver somebody from drugs and alcohol, do it here. If you want to change my life, I'm an open door. Anybody feel that way? Thy will, thy will, thy will be done. It's an unbelievable lesson that Jesus began to lay out before their ears that day. But the lesson and the message did not stop that day because Jesus kept on preaching. He did not only use his words, but he used his life. And it was during the time of the feast. And after that feast was accomplished, Jesus said, I, I, I've got to do, I've got a burden, I've got I've to fulfill some things. And so there he took his disciples to the garden of Gethsemane, all 12 of them. And he said, disciples, I, I think I want you to stay right here. And, and I'm just going to go a little deeper into this thing. And so the disciples stayed and he said, these three Peter, James, and John, uh, won't you come with me a little further into this garden? And, and Peter, James, and John came, and Jesus labored and prayed with them for a few moments, and, and, and they heard what he said, and he said, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. No longer was it just words from a sermon, but Jesus was literally living out what he preached. Thy will be done. I'm going to tell you that if Jesus said it, I believe it. And if Jesus would do it, he would expect me as a man of God and as a follower of Christ to do exactly as he did. But he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death, and he, he had to leave the three behind. And I can see as he knelt down on a rock in that garden, the disciples saw, as it were, great drops of blood coming from his head. 
The scripture says that when he left his disciples, it says he went a little further. There comes a point. There comes a point. And I'm going to highlight this pattern. When Jesus showed up on the scene, it was multitudes. And it went from the multitudes down to the 70. When the message got a little heavier, there were some that left. When it came down to the place where I've got to pray, it was just the 12. As he walked with Jesus a little further, the will that was given to him, he left behind that 12 and there was three and then there was just John. Then after that, it was just him. And there came a place where he himself had to say, if I'm going to complete the plan of God for my life, my flesh (laughs) is going to have to stay here. And so the lesson that Jesus taught us is just when you think you've arrived, you ain't there yet. Go a little further. Because when you leave your will behind, that's the only time when you are going to step into the eternal. That's the only time you're going to step into what God has fully planned for your life. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. He went a little further. An unbelievable story, and I am hastening. I don't want to waste your time. Unfolds before us in Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, which Ezekiel is seeing a river that is flowing The angel says, Brother Ezekiel, why don't you go on and step into the water? Brother Ezekiel steps in and and he says the waters were to the ankles. And, And when you start living for God, that's really how it is. You do come to a place where you start to walk a little bit different. But the angel doesn't stop there. The angel measured out another thousand cubits. And he said, Brother Ezekiel, won't you come out a little further? Brother Ezekiel stepped out and the water came to his knees. And yeah, that's how it is when we live for God. We develop a prayer life. And when we start going a little further, we don't, we're not interested in everything that's happening around us, but we feel the desire, the call for midnight prayer. We feel like showing up when the doors are open because there's something about the water when it hits your knees and a little further. And finally, the story says he was in waters that could not be passed over. He was in a place where his will, hallelujah, where his will had no force of effect where his desires meant nothing because everywhere the current began to move, that's where you'd see Ezekiel. He abandoned everything he knew. He looked behind him and saw friends. He looked behind him and saw family. He looked behind him and saw mother and father that were unwilling to come a little further, but there was a freedom that was unexplainable. 
because everywhere the Spirit goes. That's where Ezekiel could be found. You want freedom from alcohol? You want freedom from your drugs? You want freedom from the addictions that are in your life? I'm not only going to tell you to step in. I'm going to tell you to go a little further. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. I want the musicians to come. I'm going to, we're about to have ourselves an altar call around here. Never forget reading about another certain man by the name of Cornelius. The scripture says in Acts 10 that he was a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house, one that gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Not only did Ezekiel pray, but Ezekiel said, all of my house is going to pray. There came a knock on his heart's door, and the angel said, Brother Cornelius, Brother Cornelius, I thank you for all that you have done but I'm going to measure out another thousand. And I want you to call for a man whose name I'm here to tell you that Peter showed up and started preaching and he said these words, if you'll believe, if you will believe in him, you're going to receive Cornelius, it's not good enough that you pray. Cornelius, thank you, but it's not enough for you just to believe. I want you closer to me. I want my spirit in you. And Cornelius, if you're really going to be saved, you're going to have to do like I did. You're going to have to go a little further. I have, oh my. I feel the Spirit of God in this house right now. I feel a direct word. You need to come a little further. When the story's over, Cornelius is that certain man that opens the door for every Gentile. You see, Cornelius, you're saying yes isn't just going to change your life, but it's going to change the life of that you left behind. Brothers and sisters, sinner friend of mine, you've got to say yes. I'm going to end with this. And so we find Joseph called into the house of his father. And Jacob says to Joseph, Joseph, I want you to go and find your brethren. And he says, they're in a place called Shechem. 
And so Joseph goes to Shechem. And the scripture uses a word. Joseph wandered. Got to hear me. Joseph, the only time in his life we see him in a place of confusion and doubt. He was looking for something that he thought belonged to him. Find me on this dirt road of loneliness. He falls to his knees. He says, I want my brothers. I just want acceptance. And a certain man shows up. Here to tell you, when the word of your earthly father runs out, there's a heavenly father who will show up. And he says, Joseph, you've walked 50 miles to Shechem. You've come to this place without deliverance. You've done everything that you know. Reminded of my mom who was raised as a Catholic and did everything, was on her way to be a nun, but was still addicted, still dependent. But a certain man showed up to that 19-year-old and said, Valerie, you've got to go down the road. And that certain man told Joseph, Joseph, your brethren aren't here in Shechem, but they're 15 more miles down the road. I'm not taken away from your journey, Joseph, but if you're going to find completion, stand up, stand up, stand up, dust yourself off. And the scripture says that when Joseph's life was over, he said, I, I don't leave my bones here in Egypt. Don't, don't leave me here, but bury me in Shechem. I met that man. You've come to the Rock Church this morning. And I'm not taken away from your journey. But I'm the certain man this morning. And I'm telling you, if you'll go a little further. You know what's interesting about Ezekiel's vision? That river flowed all the way out but when you follow that river back upstream, the place where that river began was at the altar. And so today, I'm inviting you to the place where the river begins. Right here. <laughs> right here at this altar. And you may be weary, but I'm telling you, there's strength in the flow. You may be worn out, but I'm telling you, the strength of the Holy Ghost is in this house and at this altar. And he's saying, come on just a little further. 
And you'll find that when you take that first step, there's going to be an undeniable, unbelievable power and presence of God that's going to undergird you. And he's going to lead you to a place called repentance where you lay it all out and say, I'm tired, I'm broken, I'm weary, I'm hurting. You've got to be honest. And the angel is going to lead you to the place of burial, the waters of baptism. And when you rise up, you're going to rise up in the house of your brethren where there's acceptance, not judgment on where you came from or who you are. Everything, 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 you hear me, everything is going to be different. Everything is going to be different. You hear me right now. Everything's about to change for you this morning, my friend. <laughs> because you obeyed the voice of the certain man that said, uh, <laughs> come out a little further. <laughs> He's going to change you. He's going to mold you. He's going to remake you. Raise your hands to the Lord. I'm here. Say that. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. I'll go. I surrender. Use me. Work in me. Change me. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go. Somebody say thy will. Somebody say thy will. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. That's it right there. I feel preachers at this altar. I feel the chain breaker at this altar. I feel preachers' wives at this altar. You don't have to leave bound in your sin this morning. Go! 
is going to do something great. 